Welcome to a Sunday evening live edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. It's uh, me, Brian Fulford, uh, joined by today uh, a host of guests as uh, my my normal partner on my Sunday show, on the Sunday show, A.D. Drew is is out working uh, some HBCU volleyball. Also, I pulled in another co-host. Uh, works with me on Wednesday, and that's Mr. Calvin Rozier of the ONG Strike Zone. Calvin and I co-host along with Kofi Hemingway on Wednesday evenings. Uh, Calvin, how you doing, my man? Thanks for uh, for popping in and joining uh, me tonight. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for inviting me, man. And it was an exciting weekend in uh, HBCU uh, athletics. So I'm glad to talk yes. about it. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, um, what uh, I'm glad I I'm glad I got you. Now, one of the things I'm as I try to figure out here is we try to get our technical things here. I don't know our audio. My my video feed is a is a bit behind, so I know I'm I'm hearing you live and direct, um, but I got a feeling I may be seeing you in a bit uh, of a delayed form or fashion uh how, how are things looking on your end uh i you look fine uh, on my end uh i think there is a delay <laughs> on my end. okay and all right been... well we'll try to we'll try to work through that uh producer mel is uh working hard in the background try to figure all that and make it all look good for us so appreciate uh, you appreciate her. Um, hey, look, uh, appreciate everybody who's right now currently on YouTube watching watching the show. Of course, you're also watching it on Facebook as well. Thank you to all you guys. Uh, I see HBC Bandhawks in there. Jay Blue, Mary 305 jumped in. Tamara T. Uh, so we'll, we'll get talking to all of those folks here. Remind anybody who is new to the program, new to the show, make sure you hit that thumbs up button wherever you're watching us at on Facebook or on YouTube. And then please make sure to go follow uh, the BCSN on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1, the number one. You can also go download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app on the Google Play and Apple App Store my JBN, my BCSN as well. Well, as you can see, Kelvin, along with myself, diehard Rattlers, big weekend. 
uh, to talk about. You know, Kelvin, what's interesting is, you know, the matchup between the last two HBCU, uh, well, I guess we could say, yeah, in some respect, the last eh, no, don't don't know, last year's two of the three teams that put a claim or were, were not. Now, let me rephrase this. They didn't just claim it. They were recognized as HBCU national champs. Two of the three. (laughs) Two of the three played in South Carolina uh, last week. And that surprisingly was not the biggest SWAT game of the weekend. I mean, we had uh, fireworks in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, We had a beatdown happening in Prairie View. Uh, so, you know, Kelvin, I, before, before we get into other stuff, let's, let's, let's stay in the wheelhouse and talk about this, uh, fam, you win over South Carolina state, uh, a MEAC versus SWAC matchup. And by the way, what's the record now? Alabama state started it off. What's the MEAC versus SWAC record just offhand? Any, any chance you, you know, or recall? You mean regular season and postseason? No, I mean just this past year. We're going into this year. Miag versus Swat. I, I know, obviously, the the one particular game in which uh, you know Alabama State beat Howard. I'm trying to think. I got to go back to my matrix. Bethune, South Carolina State. Bethune. What do you say? They did lose to South Carolina State. Yeah. Okay, so that even up one on one. I'm trying to think what else is out there, um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, so that's we'll we'll try to dig that up. But anyway, FAMU goes to Orangeburg, South Carolina, and uh, it was the home opener for South Carolina State. FAMU goes up by twenty to nothing at the end of the third quarter, and then Kelvin a couple of interceptions turned into touchdown drives for South South Carolina State. And before you know it, it was a 20 to 14 ball game. And then the Bulldogs are driving Kevin with a chance to take the lead, almost reminiscent of the 2019 game. The last time you traveled to South Carolina State, what are some of your takeaways from this game from the uh, from from either side, obviously, uh, you know, your, your focus is on, on Florida A&M, but just uh, your takeaways from the game. Fam, you statistically dominated the game. Our defense is getting better, improved. They didn't have the football. Uh, even when they scored those two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, it was because of turnovers. Um, you know, their quarterback was inaccurate. Uh, so they didn't have much of a running game, so we had them right where we want them. Unfortunately, we don't have a consistent running game. We don't commit to it. It's pretty predictable, and um, I believe that's why we passed when we should have been running, but the yardage wasn't as important in the fourth quarter as it was the clock and running the timeout, and we didn't do that. And, and therefore, we had two back-to-back turnovers, and – you know, a game that we had control of fully in hand. I mean, it wasn't a competitive game up until the last seven, eight minutes. It, it wasn't. And um, and the only reason it was competitive was because of us, right? We, we dominated. We were a better team. 
but it's unfortunate that we can't play four quarters uh, uh, high-level football. And I'm not going to blame the kids on this one. Uh, you know, coach got to take one on the chin here. Um, he has to be better in the play calling. Um, you know, again, it, even if we ain't getting first downs, let's run a clock. Let's play. Let's play a uh, field position. And with with their offense and that quarterback they had and our special teams, uh, they weren't going to drive the ball down the field anyway. So um, the only way they could get back into it was turnovers and we gave them the opportunity and and we got to be better yeah um in that fourth quarter again as mentioned uh fam you got out to the first quarter lead on a 63 yard play from musa jeremy musa to xavier smith then uh musa connected with jamari sharif for 35 yards to cap a 13 play drive 14-0 a couple of field goals and then you get to the fourth quarter and then, you know, Corey Fields, uh, I, I, you know, whenever you look, it's never a good thing when Corey Fields is throwing the ball 48 times, which is what he did. 17 of 48, 237, threw three interceptions in the ball game, was sacked twice. Uh, Kendrell Flowers, uh, excuse me, Kendrell Flowers, only 12 attempts for 31 net yards. Uh, not the recipe, but then he gets a couple of late touchdowns to Shaq Davis who ended up with five catches, 81 yards, and two touchdowns, and there you are right there. Um, FAMU has now won four in a row. What do you think is the cause of – and, look, we've already expressed, anyone who, who catches our show on Wednesday, we've talked about how challenging a season this has been, not only for players, but uh, also for the coaches and Coach Simmons. At this point, here we are, four and two, midway season. FAMU's won four games in a row. What do you attribute the inability to put four consistent quarters together? Um, and is it is it un put it like this? Is it unusual? I mean, I mean, look, every every week a team is not going to go out and play a perfect four quarters. So, are we over magnifying this or? Is there some serious concern? What what's your what's your thoughts here? No, I don't think it's over magnification at this point. You six games into the season, they say you know pretty much now you are who you look like you are, right? So, um, what well, we are a good team with potential, but potential gets to beat from from time to time. So, uh, and what I attribute to do is is uh you know new 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 coaches, new players. This is not last year's team, even though we got a lot of players from last year's team. This is not last year's team. Um, this is not last year's staff. And so we're inconsistent. We're bringing in, we're using a new quarterback. And really, the bulk of our issue, frankly, is the inconsistency that he's having. Um, when he doesn't turn the ball over, we're pretty good. And, and we're missing Bishop a little bit, little bit more than I thought we would. And um, I would like to see us. We have a couple of guys who are the lightning. We got the thunder, but we don't have the lightning. So, uh, you know, Bishop had that that inact ability, particularly in the fourth quarter, to uh, make people miss in the hole and go the distance. He was a big play guy. And, you know, the only big play guy we've seen consistently this year is Zay. Okay. Um, upcoming for FAMU, they travel – uh, second consecutive week to uh, Grambling State. 
a, a team that's still looking for their first, uh, excuse me, I was going to say for their first win, but actually they're just looking for their G uh, on their helmet um, after a, a tough double <laughs> overtime loss to Alabama A&M. Um, I, and, and I don't even, uh, I'm trying to think here. I'm, I got to look at the schedule. I think next week is the first full slate. So I'll kind of take a look and see uh, who, so, well, actually South Carolina State goes into MEAC play, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but let's uh, let's transition a little bit, Kelvin, over to a couple of the fireworks that happened over in the SWAC. SWAC v. SWAC play, right? And we'll take it over to uh, Montgomery, Alabama, where uh, the number one team in HBCU football on the Division One level, Jackson State, traveled to Alabama State for homecoming. Um, 26 to 12 was the score, but uh, obviously, you know, very few people will probably be talking about the game itself. Uh, it was the 500th win in program history for Jackson State, so congratulations on that point. But, uh, Kelvin, let's start with the work up to the game. A lot of comments, a lot of talk leading up to the game. As you heard all of this, and I'm and what I'm referring to, if anybody's under the rock and doesn't know, uh, Coach Sanders making comments uh, at the uh, coaches' press, uh, weekly press conference among the SWAT coaches, that he was glad it was his team that got selected to play Alabama State for homecoming and that uh, he was looking for it to be a money game and things like that. Um, what was your takeaway as you heard the comments uh, a week ago now, almost a full week? I didn't have an issue with it, only because I've been, you know, I've, you know, Dion's from Florida. We we saw him on the set back in the day. I mean, he's he's always been, you know, a kind of chatty guy and um, cleverly so. And um, you know, you know, he he says what's on his mind, so. Uh, you know, it was a little gamesmanship in that. And, um, you know, and I, conversely, I understand um, Coach Robinson at Alabama State, at, you know, at the end of the game. Uh, you know, during the, leading up to the game, he really didn't say a whole lot. Uh, obviously, he uh, put a game plan together to try to give his team a chance to uh, compete and win. And they actually had the game 17-12. They were only on down 17-12 with about six minutes left. Uh, yeah. when Jackson State scored the touchdown to kind of give him distance. And, um, you know, we've talked about it on our show as far as Dion and leaving players in and and so forth and, and trying to pad the stats. So, I mean, it, it is what it is, man. I, I, I like rivalry, so uh, I don't believe everybody got to be kumbaya and be friends, you know. Uh, Dion said what he said leading up to it, and – um. Coach Robinson said what he said afterwards, you know, and that's what it is. And I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how much? It's funny you as you brought up ge, uh, geography and culture. Um, me, meaning the fact that Dion's a Florida guy. Now, I, again, I grew up in the Midwest, right? You, you, you're a Florida guy, and that's one thing I had to learn is it's just different, Florida. Florida is just different. The, the, everything about how Florida does things, look, it, if, it's just different. It is. And I, I think 
that is shocking to some people. You know what I'm saying? I, I and I think his his personality is you know a self created manifestation of his community and the area he came from. Is it not? Would would you agree? Uh, to a certain extent, you know that was his brand though. When Dion, yeah, uh, you know he Dion, Dion, and then he was prime time once he got to uh, the, the pros and stuff. But you know his brand was being brash and and bagging it up. So I mean, that's 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 a that's a personality he came up with when he branded himself, and and he's been kind of consistent to that the whole time. He has good, he has a lot of confidence. I mean, and he's a good dude too. You know, you know he do. A lot of good things, but not everybody going to take that little slick talk he do uh, the same. So, you know, you, right. you know, you, you give it, you got to take it. Um, it's, it's, it's real interesting that, and I, I can't even take credit. My thought is you, the post-game comments, not only from uh, Coach Robinson, uh, followed up by the, the, the retort and the comments by Coach Sanders, uh, I think B.J. Jones had said this in a tweet I saw real late at night. Both things can be true. Two things can be true at the same time. When you hear Coach Robinson get up there and talk about um, he's standing up for his school. Remember, he is an Alabama State an alum, an alum. He did put on the uniform. He did help that team, his team, his school, win a championship. He went on to the NFL, represented his school, Alabama State the SWAC, HBCUs. So when he talks about, you know, being SWAC, he's talking about, I felt like he's talking about uh, what he grew up in. You know, he grew up in, you know, the culture and uh, all of the things that we love and enjoy about the SWAC. He grew up in that. And so him saying (laughs) that he ain't SWAC, I'm SWAC, you know, that is funny, is quotable. Uh, I don't know who's going to make the T-shirt, but somebody's going to make a bit it. off of it, I'm sure. Huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> so, yes, sir. Somebody's going to – yeah, but I, I look at it like, you know, uh, Coach Sanders is coming in with a different mode, mindset, and like you just said, it, it ain't going to rub everybody the right way. And, and so – I. You know, you're going some people are gonna like it, some people are gonna hate it, but I'll tell you what is good for football, Kevin. What's good for this all this talk, it is good to have somebody to dislike. Uh I've always said what always makes the NBA great is when the NBA has a team that you hate. When you when you used to have the Lakers and the Celtics, you used to hate on them. When you had the Bulls, everybody outside of Chicago used to hate on them. You had the Warriors for a minute. People used to hate on the Warriors. You hate on LeBron. We, 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 you know, now you got Jackson State. So you got 11 schools, 11 other franchises, quote unquote, communities. They can all hate against Jackson State. That sells. It sells. You know what I'm saying? And we talk about selling the brand, selling football, selling rivalries, right? You know, it ain't that deep. You know, you got to hate on anybody, you know, honestly. I, and let me let me let me let me skip back. Okay, I'm not talking about hate in the sense of like evil hate, but I'm talking about dislike, being a hater. You know what I'm saying? That that's that's what I'm referring to. So I'll I'll, I'll come I'll come at it. I'll, I'll say it in that. You know that. 
that some people that's their thing that's that's not you know necessarily my thing but like i said i do like good rivalry i like the fact that you know uh dion he did he was like hey you know all money ain't good money i jazz is like homecoming okay right you know he laid it on thick you 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 know what he was saying and then uh he had a chance to put and and if he had if he had a chance to put sister on he would have but uh we talked about it on our show alabama state is a pretty physical team and they they not no scrub so and then they had full house they wasn't gonna let them come up there and just run run them down the field on them and and they didn't so and then after the game my man you know he threw that shade back at him he was like hey you know uh i hope you don't get no power five job and then i hope he be there next year you, you, you know he, he he throwing that shade pretty good himself. and then he like well i i hope that uh they schedule us for homecoming next year i mean i i love it man i i would love to see all that play out and, and see what it gonna look like next next year <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. You talk about building up and and whoever whoever the, the, whoever who, whatever TV networks or whomever they'll they'll have that, that game circled and they'll try to put that game in prime time. And, and here's here's what I'm and I'm thinking as I'm watching this. Do you understand? And, and Kelvin, this is funny how this is happening at the same time that we we juxtapose this with all of the big talk that was going on in the FBS with Alabama and Texas A and M, right? All that over mm-hmm. some comments that happened during the summer, right? And so you you know you had all of that happening, and you ended up with a pretty good ball game. But the hype leading up to it is what is what brings viewers. It brings you know oh I yeah, you know yeah. it's a hey it it sells you know it, it sells uh you know and and, it, and until this HBCU market gets stronger. Because we can go through some attendance numbers, which, you know, until the markets get better and the communities start going to games on their own merits, not because, you know, they were sold, you know what I'm saying? But just yeah. because that that's what that's what everybody should be striving to get to. So if it takes these cheap theatrics right now, is it is it healthy? No, it's not healthy. But. It's like, you know, it's like eating a cheeseburger, a bacon double cheeseburger every now and then. It tastes good, but you don't want to eat it every day. You don't want to eat one every week. Uh, well, but you have one. Well, this is nothing new, Brian. I mean, uh, you know, it's like, you know, a new guy come to the hood. He, done, he getting all the ladies now. He the new guy on the block, right? And, uh, you know, everybody, you know, he trying to take over the block and, and the cat's on the block like, no, nah, man. This is our block, man. We've been here for a long time, man. You ain't earned your stripe, you know what I'm saying? And you running, you, you, you yapping your jaw, you taking our ladies, man. This still our hood, so I mean, you know it. it you know it, it. You know it plays out, man. And like I say, man, I I, I love it. It's part of it's competition, man. It, it to me, it's not disrespectful. Um, it, it, it's friendly banter, and um, and you know, it's 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 it's. It, it, to me, it's good as long as it's you know, clean and, and competitive. Now, here, here's the next one coming up because because coach coach Prime is never done. Guess who the opponent is next week for Jackson State? And him? No, it's Bethune Cookman in Jacksonville. Oh. Oh, yes. okay. And, and you know, you know, those comments have already been said, right, <laughs> about right. the stadium. And things of that nature. So here it is. I'm going to predict early. 
I'm going to predict early. If you if you get tuned in to watch the the SWAC coaches media conference, I'm willing to I'm willing to say that I guarantee you hear something related to this game not selling out. Maybe a shot at Jacksonville, maybe a shot at Bethune Cookman. I mean, in good in good spirits, but again, Coach Prime will be saying, "Well, you know, we got to go out here and play in a half empty NFL stadium. No one's going to show up." Our folks probably won't even show. I mean, we got some alumni out there, but they may not show up, you know. So what again? What he he he's selling tickets, right? I I said back in the day when I back a few months ago when the comments came out that he was selling tickets. So let's just see what those ticket numbers look like over the course of the week after the press conference. I need uh, I need to make sure I got a chicken wing bet out there with. Uh, with EA. Uh, so I'm kind of nervous about that now, Kelvin. I don't know what the attendance numbers are like uh, or what the pre-sales are, but I'm a little nervous about my chicken wing bet. I may end up having to pay EA some chicken wings. Uh, so, so that part has me a little. I think it was 20,000. EA think he said under 20. I said over 20. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I might, you think I might be in trouble on that one, huh? Uh, let's jump over to another SWAC battle. I'll tell you what, man, the SWAC was full of it this week, and it was the return of Dooley to Prairie View A&M. Uh, uh, that, that was a game that I, I – look, I told you guys on the show, because I think – you who did you pick? You picked Prairie View, did you not? I picked Prairie View because you didn't know, you didn't know what Southern you was going to get yet. I, I told you, I tried to tell you, the last time I saw it, and this happened again in another, in the FBS, where you had a coach who returned one year later playing against the guys that he all recruited, it was a blowout. And so Southern, 45, Prairie View, 13. Second half, Southern goes off, 35 unanswered in the second half. 45 to 13 is the final score. Uh, 11,000. 289 is the listed attendance. Uh, from what I was hearing, I don't know, maybe about 7,000 of that might have been Southern fans. Um, <laughs> obviously, Southern Jaguar Nation travels. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, give some credit to uh, Bashan McCray. The young man, the quarterback for Southern, accounted for, I believe, five touchdowns. So four touchdowns, two passing, two rushing. And so for the second consecutive week, you know, he had five last week, four this week. Uh, Southern's a serious contender. Are they not now, Kelvin? It appears if they've got their footing. I mean, I did pick them to win the West. So, <laughs> yeah, you did. So there's you that. Did. Yes, all of you who, all of you people who picked Southern at the beginning of the year, you're you're licking your chops. You're you're feeling much better about that pick than you were uh, two to three weeks ago. Um, for Prairie View, the loss just, I mean, look, Prairie View still has to play Alcorn, so that game is still in the mix. Uh, Southern and Alcorn still have to play. Uh, the West is going to be interesting, um, and and I, you know. So, I, I, any 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 thoughts on that game in general, or just the the West? Uh, and and your and your and your good uh, team, Texas Southern, actually got a cup, got a win. So they're in the mix now. 
Yeah, it was Pine Bluff. Uh, they it was Pine Bluff homecoming, I think, and uh, they, they 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 was in a bit of a dog fight, but they pulled it out. As far as Prairie View Southern, um, it was a very ugly incident. I guess that was pregame where that that uh that they were throwing haymakers and so forth, and uh, oh, I missed it was that. Really? Yeah, it was a it was a competitive game to the half, but but uh, after halftime, yeah, uh, Southern exploded and. Uh, they have that capability, and now that they've strung it together two games in a row, I, I feel a little bit more comfortable in knowing what I'm gonna get from week to week, because because feel like they've found their their footing at this point. And Purview had been very consistent, even in the out of conference schedule. You know, they were very competitive. So uh, so you know, you know, Southern look like they're gonna be a problem moving forward. Yeah, uh, Dr. Cavill jumps in in the chat room, uh, says uh, Prairie View came in with about 6,500, Southern with about 5,000. So uh, many people, it's almost a 55-45 split on the attendance. But uh, in, in terms of, especially in that second half, uh, it was very loud, very, very Jaguar Nation loud in that second half. They had a lot of good things to uh to be excited for so um but again that's a stadium that uh and, and Doc, you tell me what that stadium seats is that state i think that stadium seats close to 18 maybe close to 20 um you know I, I don't know i i i'm curious as to what but i'm curious to know what the percentage you know of 11,000 11 that, uh, seems it seems like 11,000 is maybe or maybe over half close to 70% maybe, but um, again, man, we, that's a contest that I feel like that place should have been packed. That should have been packed. That should have been a 20,000, yeah. 20,000 game. You know, it feels like that should have been a 20,000 game um, if all things are considered. All right, uh, Kelvin, I, I know you, look, I know you, you, you got a busy day ahead of you going on here, man. I appreciate you jumping in. What are some things that you're looking forward to as we go into uh, uh, next week's schedule, um, and uh, and then uh, maybe I'll, and then I'll make sure to give a plug for Wednesday's show as well. What are you looking forward to this upcoming week? So um, I still think Grambling, you know, is going to be the first home game. I'm interested to see how how uh, they come out against us, fam. You, um, they were pretty competitive against Alabama and them. Took them to overtime. Uh, still couldn't pull out the W. Um, I, I want to see if they can make the game competitive with us. Um, we, we, we on the road. We tend to not play as well on the road versus when we um, at home and brag. But uh, it's a game that we still should win. But, you know, we, we'll see how that plays out. And then also I'm interested to see uh, uh, Alcorn and Southern. That should be a very interesting game, and uh, that's yeah, no, that's in Baton Rouge. So that that is the game of the of the uh, week coming up. Uh, Jackson Bethune, I'm lukewarm. I just think you know Bethune is struggling to uh, maintain. You know they had a tough loss at Tennessee State. Uh, you know where they and they you know and and the universe is closed, so they they still uh, aren't back home in Florida. I think they spent the whole week up there and uh, 
in the area and so forth, staying on, um, I think it was Lipscomb or one of those private school campuses and stuff. So, uh, you know, they, they, they got a tough situation going right now. All right. Um, Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern. That's where you can find Kelvin along with Kofi Hemingway and myself as we give our unique perspective on Florida A&M University Athletics, 100% Rattlers, and we get into talking about the SWAC. Um, I don't know. Who knows? Wednesday. By Wednesday, Kelvin, will the uh, are you SWAC enough? Will, will that debate have settled down by Wednesday's show? I don't know, man. You know, those kind of things tend to stick for a while, right? So, uh you ain't sweat going on. You know, I, I don't know if I can let it go right now. <laughs> no, I mean, 24 hours I'm after sweating. the fact. No, it's, <laughs> I'm not swack enough. I'm, you know, I'm not there yet. So, but, you know, who, who knows? Who knows? We're going to find out if you, uh, you know, find out how many folks in the uh, in the chat room. How swack are you? Uh, so I think that's that's the question that we should all be asking. Uh, hey, uh, Wednesday nights right here on the Black College Sports Network. Come check out the ONG Strike Zone. Come get a unique perspective about Florida A&M University athletics. Uh, we'll get into some interesting topics. Sometimes we talk about stuff on the field, and a lot of times we end up talking about stuff off the field. But that's just how we do because we care. Kelvin, hey, man, I, I appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for jumping in with me, all right? All right. Appreciate it, brother. Talk to you later. Uh, all right, let's take a break. Coming back, I got Jamie Walker joining me on the other side. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap on the other side. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I get the now bar, please. One dollar. Have a good one. Got it. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Let me get a now bar. Sure. One dollar. Appreciate you. Got it.
follow the Black College Sports Network and all of our shows on YouTube. You can find us at MyJBN Online and on all social media at MyBCSN1. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice dot com. Always on, all the time. You see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head & Shoulders scalp shield technology. Star Backyards Yellowwood brand pressure treated pine. It doesn't have this yellow tag. You don't want it. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www 
www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. All right, welcome back to the ONG. Uh, look at that. See, I got Kelvin on, and I yeah. thought we were on the ONG. It's the BCSN Sports Wrap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is now, right? Yeah, I see. I see Kelvin, and I'm like, oh, so, oh wait a minute. Uh, no, this is the BCSN Sports Wrap. And uh, I'm Brian Fulford. Kelvin Rozier of the ONG Strike Zone, willing to join me for another segment as uh, we try to track down Jamie Walker. HBCU Sport Voice. Make sure you go check out his podcast, which you can uh, pick up on Spotify. Just do a search, HBCU Sport Voice. Uh, and of course, you can always check out the uh, BCSN Pod Zone for all of the shows that are part of the Black College Sports Network, including the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, the ONG Strike Zone. The Carlos Brown Show. You'll also catch the pregame show and Brave Talk with Charles Edmund. Um, wanted to look. Wanted to think. You know, in terms of memorable sound bites from press conferences, and, and this is the last, and we'll kind of move off of that presser from Saturday. Can you think of any memorable quotes from press conferences? Uh, that have stuck with you over the years, Kelvin? One of my favorites was Shine and on Billy Joe. Uh, he used to call Billy Joe Silly Joe. And that used to get on the <laughs> coach Joe's team. And Shine, when I would talk to him um, after he uh, left BCU and uh, I would see him places, he would always, it, you know, he always got a kick out of that. He would chuckle. He was like, that, that Billy Joe didn't like when I called him Silly Joe, man. I'm just. I'm just hyping it up, though, and there's some similarities to you know, to to you know, you know how Prime talking and uh, how um, Coach Shine used to talk, and they both flashy kind of guys, man. But that that's one that that, that I, I remember very well. Uh, my guy, AD Drew, uh, happened to be dump catch up, and uh, obviously one of the ones that he brought up is a good one from I think this one happened. Almost 10 years now, it's the one from uh, Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy, the head coach of Oklahoma State, uh, one time after a game where he had a sort of a uh, back and forth with a with a head coach, well, actually with the newspaper reporters uh, about a story that was published, I think on the day of the game or maybe the Friday before the game about one of his quarterbacks. And he felt like it was a personal attack on that young man. And I just remember that obviously the main quote was, I'm a man. I'm 40. You want to come after me? Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. You know, so it's like now Mike Gundy is like 50 now, 52. So it's kind of like, it's kind of interesting seeing that one. Um yeah, so I, I'm curious if you guys out there in the chat room, any other memorable quotes from press conferences? And uh, you know, a lot of times he plays these things. The game. 
Oh yes, there you go. Yes, how can you how can you forget that one? You, you played to win the game, Herm Edwards. Hey, uh, that one he that I just, one. I, I thought uh, I thought uh, Robinson was gonna pull out the old uh, what was it? Uh, Dennis Dennis uh, what you call it? Minnesota game. If you want to crown them, you can crown the asses. <laughs> Uh, they yes, are who we thought yes. they are. We let them off the hook. They are who we thought they let them off the hook. I mean, uh, oh, I can also go to uh, Singletary, Mike Singletary. I want winners. I forgot who he was talking about. He was talking about a particular player, and he was saying, "Can't win with him." You know, something. I, I, I wish uh, I had the. Uh, if I was a little more prepared, I would have had the clips ready. But, yeah, the the uh, uh, Mike Singletary dropping the uh, I want winners. I mean, it was a, it was a great diatribe that he went through uh, talking about that. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, Will Davis brings up. Yeah, this one hurt me because as a Colts fan, uh, I, I'll never forget uh, Jim Mora talking about playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? Are you kidding me? Playoffs, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just that's, trying uh, to win a game. coming, guy. I'm just trying to win a game. Yeah, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, that was that was his last season there in Indy uh, with Peyton Manning. Matter of fact, as the quarterback. Uh, okay, let's go over to some other games that occurred in the uh, SWAC. Obviously, uh, Alabama A and M and Grambling went into double overtime. Uh, a game that. Uh, you know, pretty entertaining ball game. Uh, this game, I believe, was on HBCU Go. Uh, so uh, Alabama A and M with a thirty-seven thirty-one win. Uh, that's two wins in a row for the Bulldogs. Uh, Grambling drops to one and five, zero and three in conference play. Uh, Alabama A and M four hundred uh, four hundred fourteen total yards. Grambling two seventy-eight penalties. Adam a with 14 penalties. The ball game for 142 yards. Grambling 11 for 65. Um, you know, uh, what, we, we've talked about this on our show. Uh, we, we talked about the, the strategy of playing without the logo. Um, but uh, here we are going into their first home game. Do you think that effort will be enough? to put the G on the helmet with FAMU comes and for their first home game, Kelvin. He ain't swag. We swag. He ain't swag. <laughs> I mean, he got a G on his, he got a G on his shirt. Why they can't have a G on the helmet? You know, look, hey. I'm hey, just saying, man. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. At that point, and look, you know, at some point, I, I'd be interesting if Graham, if Graham fam or Wednesday alumni going to ask that. Hey, coach, you know, you got the G on your chest. The players can't have the G on their helmets. Maybe you ought to not have the G on your chest. You know, I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. I'm just asking. I'm just asking the questions that Graham fam should be asking, right? Right. Exactly. I'm just asking. But- I don't know. I'm just asking. Is anyone out there asking those kind of questions? I mean, you know, somebody. Somebody. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, next up. Alabama A&M plays Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, an opportunity for the Bulldogs to to get to three in a row there. Uh, of course, we know who 
uh, Grambling takes on. Uh, Texas Southern with a 24-17 win over Arkansas Pine Bluff. Um, going to look, uh, this was probably a closer uh, ball game. Uh, this was Arkansas Pine Bluff's homecoming. So uh, the Tigers playing spoilers uh, on homecoming. Um and uh, looked at the attendance, 13,249 in attendance. So good crowd for Arkansas Pine Bluff. Good job uh, by those folks out there. Uh, it did take a fourth quarter score. Uh, Ja'Cory Howard with a one-yard run to cap a nine-play, 75-yard drive with 331 to play. That uh, gave uh, Texas Southern the lead, broke up the tie uh, from that ball game. Uh, Texas Southern pretty much... Every time Texas Southern grabbed the lead, whether it be a field goal or a touchdown, UAPB answered to tie the game up. UAPB never led, uh, unfortunately, uh, when that last score, uh, there was you know not enough time there for UAPB to score. Um, as you think about Texas Southern down the road, I'm going to look here individually, Kelvin, because you know we talk about Andrew Body, 21 of 33, 211, one touchdown, one INT. 12 carries, 61 yards, 55 net, and a touchdown as well. Um, do you like the way Andrew Body is progressing as a quarterback this season? I'm first half of the season, uh, uh, you know, perspective. I, I, you know, his numbers are the numbers. They play in pretty tough competition. Um, I don't think he's lighting up as as much as. Uh, I would like, but he's he's playing good ball though, and I'm not sure it's all on him. You know, he he has he, his team has to you know play, and his coaches have to call you know good plays and you know in the timing of those calls and so forth. But he's playing good ball. He's still you know Andrew Biden. They've got some impressive W's, so you know, um, I, you know, I just I just think he's 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 giving a solid effort at this point. Um, you know, at this point, Texas Southern, I, they're two and two in conference play actually had them three and one at this point, uh, upcoming for them. They've got all, actually they're on a buy next week. Then they've got all corn. Um, then they host a school Lincoln university of California for homecoming. I have no idea who they are. I have to do some research on who that is, but see, that's, that's who you schedule for homecoming, right? Um, I'm just saying, uh, then follow that up with a Jackson state, Grambling state, Alabama, A&M. Uh, so I mean, look four, that, you know, I may be speaking out of turn or too soon, but four and four, uh, in overall in conference play is, is, is still, is still a, is still a possibility. Um, for this team, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't I don't want to take anything away from them. Um, again, I'm a, I got to do some digging here into Lincoln University. Anyway, um, and that's not one of the Lincoln Missouris or Lincoln PAs that are in the Division II level, just in case, you know, somebody was wondering. Well, uh, we have a winner. Whoever wins the Swag West is going to have a minimum of two losses. 
potentially three, because I think everybody on the West play. Not only do they play all each other, but they, I think everybody play Jackson State. So what, what one team? Uh, from the West? No, no, no. Uh, uh, two teams. Two teams. They only got one out of conference game. I mean, they they playing two West teams as out of conference opponents, but oh, so that's they won't right. That's right. The, but they they still yeah. playing uh, ten swag games. Yes. Yeah. Uh, good point. Good point. Um, let me be back for a second. Uh, um, I think I was about to mention the fact that Tennessee State got their first win uh, with a 41-17 victory over Bethune-Cookman. Uh, I will say I want to be shocked. Uh, there was a 24-0 fourth quarter, uh, which, you know, you had two defensive touchdowns. Um, Tennessee State got a 32-yard fumble, scoop and score. Uh, they also got a pick six. So combine that with a touchdown and a say again. The third quarter that sounds like the third quarter of the Florida Classic. Uh, yes, it does. It does. Well, how many points did it fans for in that quarter? Wasn't it like nineteen or something like that? Three touchdowns. That was like in three minutes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this one was a little bit. This was spread out over the course of that entire quarter. Um, but obviously, you know, Cookman's dealing with, uh, a lot. Um, I'm trying to, as I'm reading this report, I'm trying to see if it states, you know, obviously you brought it up earlier in the previous segment about kind of where they are as a team. Uh, campus is not open yet. We'll try to deal with the adversity and the challenges. Uh, that's about as yeah. best as we put it for, uh, Bethune Cookman. Um, of course, next week they host Jackson State at home in TIAA Bank Stadium in Jacksonville. That's a 4 p.m. kickoff. I really hope the city of Jacksonville comes and supports this team. Um, not only will you get a chance to see Jackson State, which I mean is a good team, but this Bethune Cookman team needs the community. They, they need, I mean, if anybody needs the community right now, it's Bethune-Cookman. Uh, and, and this, whether it be through the fundraising efforts or what this game may do, uh, it, there's a lot of opportunities here. So it'll be, uh, and, and besides, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, selfishly, I don't care about my chicken wing bet. Well, I do, but anyway, you know, it'll be okay if i got to give EA uh, <laughs> those 25 wings. But, uh, you know, I, I still would like to see a good crowd show up. Comments aside from anybody, I would like to see a good crowd uh, show up. Uh, again, I, I, I hope 30,000 can make it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it, it would be really good, you know, Bethune, um, you know, with everything, you know. I imagine they'll probably be in Jacksonville, I would assume. Because I still don't think the campus is ready, or going to be ready. I'm not sure on that, though. Um, so, you know, maybe they practice on Edward Waters Field um, and so forth. You know, or JU, who who's not doing football right now. So so they have some options in Jacksonville in terms of practice and, and places to stay. But, yeah, they, they need the support right now. 
I just had a uh, Imperial Nubia on uh, YouTube just uh, posted that neither band will be there for that Jackson State Bethune game. I, I already knew Jackson State um, Sonic Boom would not be there, and you got to imagine if, stu- if if students aren't on campus at Bethune, right. that that the band wouldn't. I didn't think about the band, so now you you don't have either band. In attendance, man, good lord. Uh, yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, appreciate that. They, they uh, might need to move that. They might need to move that to Ju Stadium. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Look, hey, if the if the if the Jaguars and Texans, two of the two of the five worst NFL franchises, can can muster up some folks to come out to TIAA Bank Stadium, I you know. A quarter of those people could show up for for this game. I'm I'm just saying, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe. Please. All right, one other swag game to go through. Alcorn State traveled to Mississippi Valley State. Um, this might have been their first home game, I believe. Um, coming up a little bit later, uh, Kelvin Carter. It's going to be another Kelvin's going to be joining the show. Uh, he just came back from Valley. He, he had some pictures. Uh, that he sent me the new track uh, for Valley has been installed. The field, eh, you know, didn't look great, but we knew they were working on it. So I'm we're not going we're not going to go further than that. But the the track looked nice. Uh, all, there was a fourteen to seven halftime score, fourteen to seven. Um, the line Alcorn was. Anywhere from 14 to 16 and a half. I picked it up at 16 and a half. Full disclosure. I was very nervous at halftime, Kelvin. Very nervous. But uh, the Braves, 16-0 in the fourth quarter. Uh, they got uh, uh, touchdowns from uh, Markavian Quinn, field goal rather. Aaron Allen with a five-yard run. And then Tyler Smith with a 35-yard run with a minute. Actually, they scored those last two touchdowns. With uh, two fifteen to play, and then a minute and eight to play. I, I'm glad I was asleep by then, Kelvin, because I, I think I might have uh, chewed through a few towels as I was uh, if I were watching that game live. So I that that would have bothered me, no doubt. Well, I tell you one sentimental thing uh, for that game, Brian was uh, the young man who lost his mother and sister. Um, Returned the touchdown. I think that was the final touchdown. It was a defensive touchdown where he did a scoop and score. I believe it was. Uh, uh, last name Smith. Um, so uh, you know to see the young man have some success and, and on his uh, Twitter page, he of course mentioned you know it was for his sister and mom and and gave one of the quotes his mom used to say and everything man and and uh, the sidelines went wild and and, and uh. Uh, and uh, it was it was just good to you know that the, the guy you know that he had a moment while he's still grieving. So that that was that was that was that was, that was encouraging to see. Okay, yeah, I pre- I'm glad you brought that up because it, as I'm I'm looking at the box score, it doesn't it doesn't relate to it as a a fumble recovery. It just uh, as a 35 yard run. Um, so yeah, I appreciate that, man. That that is awesome. Um. Uh, one of those feel-good moments for for everybody, I'm I'm sure. 
um, and uh, for especially for Tyler Smith, uh, who uh, without a doubt, he and his family are still uh, grieving, I'm sure, over the loss of uh, his mother and sister uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, one other game. Oh, I got to mention, the only other MEAC-related game was in Morgan, Baltimore, Maryland. Norfolk yeah. State, Morgan State. Norfolk State was winless. Did you catch the end of this game? I actually did. I watched that game, yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable finish on two fronts. One, Morgan uh, actually uh, taking the lead with uh with their first lead of 21 to 17 on a 51 yard touchdown run with a minute and 53 left right it's a homecoming now it's a homecoming game for morgan so right. morgan takes the lead and then what do you know uh norfolk state finds a way to uh snatch defeat from victory uh, how i like to say it they snatched victory from the jaws of defeat um, with a uh, with five seconds left to play, and I, you know what? I as I was watching the scores on the scoreboard ticker, because uh, we were calling the game up in uh, Benedict in Columbia. I'm watching that, and I'm thinking, man, another fourth quarter collapse by Norfolk State. My gosh, how that that's like the three that they had last year, and then combined by this, and then what do you know? They turn around and get a win. Uh, from so from zero and five to getting their first win of the season, might this be the turnaround that Norfolk State needs to get going, Kelvin? We we'll have to see. They have to string um, a couple of games together, but uh, the MEAC is going to be really interesting, man. And I believe that the conference champs are their record is going to be horrible, to be honest. Overall, because. Um, I don't see anybody going undefeated right now in the MEAC. Uh, I think they're going to beat up on each other. I think the best possible conference record may be two losses. And um, who knows? It could be Central. It could be South Carolina State. Uh, it could be um, Morgan. It, it, you know, it, it could be Norfolk. So I, I don't know. I don't Delaware State. Everybody got a shot. And everybody gonna um, beat up on each other. So uh, that that celebration bowl, um, me at swag matchup ain't gonna look pretty, and um, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. But it, you know, because everybody thought that Jackson State would run over South Carolina State, so we'll see how it goes. But it ain't looking like an attractive matchup in October. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Well. Well, but but here's the thing, though. I mean, don't let's not let's not. North Carolina Central still only has one loss, and they haven't started playing conference play. So when they start conference play, they very could very well run the table of the next five games, and if they finish the season ten and one, we might be thinking well, that might be a great matchup. I mean, it's very likely, very possible. Um, I- see it but we'll see you don't see it okay nope all right okay they want to have at least right. two losses well, two wow in conference play huh yep 
All right, mark that down, ladies and gentlemen. Mark that down. Uh, all <laughs> <Bold> right, prediction. <laughs> let's get bold prediction. There we go. All right, uh, Kelvin, I'm gonna finally let you go. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go off the hook, man. Appreciate you jumping in there for another segment. Again, uh, Kelvin will be on Wednesday night with me and Kofi Hemingway. ONG strikes on Wednesday night, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern. That's seven to nine Central. Come join us right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be back in just a moment. Hopefully, I can track down Jamie Walker, who's going to join me at the uh, coming up after the break. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. is an HBCU in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where we prepare students for a different world. Stillman is a college of distinction for last year and this year. Our largest majors are business and biology, followed closely by psychology, criminal justice, and history for pre-law, communications, English, and religion. Our newest degree programs are in the Department of Computational Sciences, which covers cybersecurity, data analytics, and math. The Biomedical Academy prepares students for competitive entry into health professions and graduate programs. We have established summer biomedical research internships with major research institutions, such as the University of Alabama, Drexel and Temple Universities in Philadelphia, the Salk Institute in San Diego, California, and the universities of Florida, Indiana, and Iowa. We became creative with social distancing and masks for the pandemic. Our students enjoy movie nights at the stadium and the new Melissa N. Davis Legacy Courtyard where you can eat and enjoy friends. We have the Divine Nine Greek Letter Organizations student government leadership and ambassadors. Our small class sizes, nurturing faculty, and friendly environment let you know that Black Lives Matter at Stillman College each and every day. Applications are free. Sign up at discover.stillman.edu. Complete the contact card and apply today. Stillman College where we prepare students. For a different world. It's like a loot machine.
Whether it's advice on managing your anxiety or tools to help you stay grounded, Coping 19 provides a range of resources and self-care tips to help you cope with this pandemic. We can help. Find the resources that work best for you at coping-19.org. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in a lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. It's uh, Brian Fulford here. Coming up, joining me in a few minutes will be uh, the Dean himself, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, is going to be jumping in and joining me. Uh, but while I wait for uh, Dot to get joined in here, and then coming up at the bottom of the hour, I got uh, Kelvin Carter, who was at that uh, Mississippi Valley State Alcorn State game. I wanted to make sure I went through some of the uh, other you know, we were heavy FBS or FCS MIAC SWAC in that last segment. So I wanted to make sure to go through uh, some of the action from the CIAA. One of the, the highlight games was the matchup between Bowie State traveling to Virginia State. Of course, Virginia State unbeaten. And let me see if I go and look at the HBCU Pro Sports Media Poll. It ends up being a top 10 matchup. In the mid-major division, Virginia State ranked fifth, Bowie seventh. Uh, a loss by Bowie would probably knock them out of the race for the Northern Division. Now, obviously, they have won the North the last three years, as well as the CIAA the last three years. So that's how big this game win, uh, how big this game was. Uh, Bowie State went up to, uh, or I guess went down, to uh, Virginia and came away with a 41-14 to 14 win. Uh, very impressive outcome. I mean, they jumped on Virginia State with a 24 nothing first quarter. Um, and, and, you know, when you, when you jump on your opponent like that, it, it's almost sending a statement that, hey, look, we're still the champs. And in order to, to get to that next level, you got to go through us. Uh, so uh, Bowie State uh, with an impressive win, uh, forty-one to fourteen, moves them to four and two overall, three and one. Virginia State with a similar record, but of course now they're behind, and, and now it sets up the the next matchup for Bowie, which will obviously be uh, the matchup at home against Virginia Union. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that here upcoming. So uh, Bowie, Bowie has a chance to control their destiny. Pretty much the winner of Virginia Union-Bowie State 
really probably wins the North. I mean, you got to think now that Virginia State has a loss, Virginia State still has to play Union. So that's uh, that's that's still on the table uh, for those teams. And the other scores, uh, you had Virginia Union with a 49 to nothing shutout over Elizabeth City State. Uh, Lincoln PA dropped a close contest to Shawan. 16 to 14 at home. Livingstone with a 20 to 17 win over Winston-Salem State to keep the Rams winless. That's right. Winless. I don't think anyone would have thought the Rams would be winless five to six games into the season, but they are. And raise your hand if you thought Livingstone, I think that's their second uh, I believe that's their second win now of the uh, of the season. So congratulations to Livingstone, uh, Johnson C. Smith. Now this this might be a shocker. Moves into second place in the South with a twenty two to eighteen win over Shaw. Um, you know Shaw was ranked at one point uh they were sitting in the top 10 in a few polls mid-major polls uh they had the big win against Bowie but unfortunately they still haven't played Fayetteville State yet but losing to Johnson C. Smith was not in their cards so that's a tough loss for for them and for Fayetteville State they got a 54 nothing win over St. Augustine so when you go look in the the standings here in the Northern Division, of course, you got Union sitting at 4-0. Bowie State is 3-1. and That matchup is upcoming this Saturday. And, and don't don't sleep. Now, look, Shawan is sitting at 3-1. and They have not played Bowie or Virginia Union yet. So in terms of who can be a spoiler in the North Division, it very well could be Shawan. Uh, who's sitting at three and one? Um, but in the Northern Division, you've got you know a four and zero Union, and you got three teams sitting at three and one. Lincoln PA is one and two. Elizabeth City is one and three. Um, then when you click over and look in the Southern Division, Fayetteville State is sitting in first place with a three and one conference record. Johnson C. Smith and Shaw are now tied for second. Of course, Shaw has the tiebreaker. And then you've got Livingstone at one and three, Winston-Salem and St. Aug winless. And I'm talking overall season winless. That the proud program that the Winston-Salem state is. I, I, I know their alums are, are going nuts right now. I mean, that that's a practically unbearable uh, that, that it would get to this, but uh, that's where it is. <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, let's go over to the SIC quickly here as uh, I bump over and take a look at the schedule and the results from last week. Uh, of course, um, oh, let's see. Ah, looks like I got I got Jamie Walker in there, okay? Wasn't sure. I, I know we got Jamie, and I know Doc will be coming in here soon. How you doing, Jamie? Man, I'm good. How are you? Hey, look, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm piecemealing this thing together. Uh, so I look, and I appreciate any any time you got um, for jumping in 
with me and, and helping me out so that it's not just me uh, rambling here and ranting. Uh, you were uh, you were covering the Clark game, correct? Yeah, Which man. I actually uh, called – no, not the Clark game. The um, Kentucky Clark, Clark State – yeah, Kentucky State and Lane. Ah, Kentucky State and Lane. Lane uh, coming off the big win against Tennessee State. And uh, how do you explain it? Kentucky State with a 31-26 to win over Lane. Um, what Was Lane still, 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 I, I hate to use this analogy, were they still celebrating the win over Tennessee State or uh, how do you describe what you saw, what you called? Well, what I can tell you is Kentucky State just had a really good game plan to keep Lane off the field. Uh, I think by nature of their offense, that is what they do philosophically, uh, is to shorten the game, to ugly it up with the running game, to stay ahead of the chains, and really just just limit the opportunities Lane has. And and Lane might have been, you know, still celebrating from that Tennessee State win, but it was their homecoming. It was festive. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, to for them to have to relocate to um, a local school, I'll tell you what, the people really turned, it, um, turned out for their homecoming. So it was excellent. But what I'll tell you is that um, they started off really slow. It wasn't a thing where, you, you know, since I've been able to see Byron Brown's team, they've never really, you know, offensively never been out of sync the way I saw them the other day. It was one of those things where it's like they never could catch a foot, you know, catch their footing. You know, Ike Brown, you know, at his running back position, didn't look good initially. Then he turned the ball over and, you know, just a couple of things that occurred. So, you know, after a while, it just became, okay, what is Lane starting to do? And then Kentucky State, really, uh, I mean, we even use this on a broadcast. I think once, um, you know, I think Denzel Washington and remember the Titans said, you know, when they asked him about his offense, he said that split veer, he said, you know, it's like Novocaine, just give it time and it'll work. Well, that's what Kentucky State did. Kentucky State ran the football down their throat um, with the fullbacks, with the two slotbacks and just kept doing what they did. And unlike uh, – because I saw them against um, against Benedict. I, I was able to call – um, was on the call for that game too. And unlike that game, uh, offensively, Lane didn't give them anything um, to be afraid of or be behind. But at the same time, Kentucky State's running game continued to work. So it was a thing where, uh, you know, it, it, until Lane was able to stop it, uh, in particular with their defensive, with those defensive tackles they have, uh, Kentucky State just continued doing the same thing, and it worked to perfection. And 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 they even rotated quarterbacks. It wasn't the same quarterback that they played against Benedict. Um, Jalen Myers uh, started for Kentucky State, and he was able to give them a dimension uh, that you didn't see against Benedict, which was to actually pass the football. Like I don't know what the difference is between last year and this year, but they're passing the football a little bit. And, you know, in the Savannah State game, they, they you know, Kentucky State passed for 150 yards, over 150 yards. I think they were five of nine. Well, they chose their spots against Lane to do the same thing. Uh, so it kind of kept that Lane defense off balance. So it was a good game, good game plan for Kentucky State overall. Lane started off slow offensively. 
Um, they kept rotating their quarterbacks. They finally stuck with one in the second half. Um, almost got back in it, but it was, you know, a thing where where it was just too little too late, and those mistakes finally, you know, just caught up with them. All right, well, we've also uh, got uh, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill joining us, uh, Jamie, on on uh, this segment. So I, I appreciate you, you gentlemen, for jumping in with us. Uh, Doc, how are you feeling uh, this uh, this evening? I'm good now. I was a little down in the dumps yesterday. I knew it was a setup. B.J. Jones <laughs> came into the season. I picked Prairie View fifth. I told them that they had some deficiencies. They jumped out of there, and to their credit, they took care of um, the teams that were in front of them to a tune of getting off the 3-0. and They had Southern coming in here, Southern that was up and down, coach coming back. I was like, you know, whoever was emotionally prepared to play this game would be okay. Both of them seemed pretty into it. Obviously, we see now what happened pregame, which kind of gave some indication. But after the first half, back and forth, stuck to it. I thought Dooley, to his credit, he pushed a little more. He went for a fake punt, went for it on fourth down, and he was able to get points out of both of those drives. But after that, man, the wheels fell off. Um, in the second half of Prairie View, uh, 35-0 shutout uh, to win 45-13. Uh, I wouldn't have bet anything on that after the fact. Uh, I thought it would at least be much closer than that. Prairie View had a chance. Uh, but their inability to throw the ball, inability to run the ball, I think more that wasn't a surprise to me. I've kind of seen that all year in terms of not being able to throw, but they could run the ball. But really what everybody was talking about was the defense. And I think the defense in this game, inability to get off the field on third down, and what was worse about that, they shut down Grambling and a couple of other teams on third down and even fourth down converts. But in this matchup, not only did they give up third downs, but they were critical. Three of the first touchdowns for Southern were third down conversions. So obviously they were in their territory. Um, so even if you stop, you know, two of those, certainly all three of them, you force field goals and you're talking about at least an emotional type of different game, um, much like the first half after they started running away and made them one dimensional and you could tell prayer if you didn't feel comfortable about stopping them, the wheels just kind of rolled. But if you would have been in that, it's one of those games where the emotions would at least, um, had a team kind of playing back and forth. So it was, it was fascinating to watch that. In that manner. And then obviously, you know, I'm in the lab. I take my lab with me, as y'all know. So I'm watching the Tennessee State game uh, with Bethune Cookman. I'm watching uh, the Morgan State, uh, Norfolk State game and the incredible comebacks by both teams with Norfolk State getting the final laugh, if you would, in homecoming. So that was amazing. Uh, watching the Jackson State, Alabama State game. I mean, so I'm in there in, I'm fortunate that I have a suite for the game. So I'm in the suite with everything going on, watching these games and seeing, I was like, man, it's just another day of HBCU sports. Obviously on the way back, I'm watching the end of the uh, Morehouse to ski game. Uh, it was fascinating going through the scores and seeing who's taking care of business. And I was like, wow, yes, yeah, good. 
good time to be um, a fan of HBCU sports with the ability to see so many games on so many various platforms uh, at your leisure to see it. And that's what was fascinating to me. Obviously, I watched the South Carolina State FAMU game, um, and I saw FAMU get off to such a tremendous start and used to just look like, wow, FAMU is getting it done. They're going to go to Orange Bowl, uh, Orangeburg, I should say, um, and just take it to them. And then you just saw it matriculating away. But to their credit, um, they held on and got it done, uh, which is a big victory when you talk about where uh, South Carolina State and FAMU are in terms of the program, rivalries and all that kind of stuff, even though now it's not in the same conference. I thought that was fascinating to watch that. And then the questions started to become with South Carolina State. You know, everybody thinks they'll be able to just turn it on, but we see a little more problems than you saw last year with the quarterback play. Flowers is not as dominating as he was in terms of the running back position. So what does all that mean when you look at it in that perspective? And it's just hard for young people to mostly turn it on. So if they can't win the first game or two in MEAC play, I think you're going to see it at a long season for South Carolina State. Um, if they get it going, then obviously – a little bit of the confidence can go, and which means that they're obviously playing better if they win those games. But the MEAC is, is deeper and tougher, teams with a lot of confidence. Delaware State is going to surprise some folks that I'm not sure people are prepared to play for. When you look at Delaware State, the front line is extremely talented. And now they're getting a, you know, a little decent quarterback play. They can run the ball. They're not going to be an easy out. Uh, Norfolk State now is going to have a little more confidence than any team with a confidence. I don't believe they'll be in the final, you know, first, second spot. But their ability to knock somebody off, especially at home, is going to be incredible to watch. We see what North Carolina Central is there, but we see where they're not unvulnerable. So that's fascinating um, to see what these matchups are. And then just going down the stretch for the swag. Um, nobody wants to get that second loss. I mean, it's going to be close in terms of the East. You don't need but the one. But you certainly can't get over two. And even in the West, it doesn't look like you can get past two losses. So everybody's fighting not to get their loss. Uh, only unblemished team over there is Alcorn, and they go in to South Southern next week, which we saw what happened. I know we'll probably get ahead of ourselves, but just in terms of matching that up and seeing these teams with one loss, it's going to be fascinating. They try to get it done. Um, you know what I find interesting about this time and space, guys, is that Yes, over the next, and I'm I'm going to predict 48 hours. Okay, next 48 hours, post game, because obviously this is Sunday. But when Monday, when people wake up, and we talk about you know what when things start really going viral, is uh, the post game stuff that came out of Montgomery. Um, and, and again, you know the post game, the, the I mean, lots of quotable things in there, lots of things that look I. I find the humor in a lot of things. So that's just my personality. And so I, this is still sports and entertainment. Okay, this is sports and entertainment. So in the end, we're not talking about real life and death kind of things. Um, you know, and I, and so I, I find sometimes the, the humor in things, and, and I love how BJ said, two things can be true at the same time. And I, 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 I held on to that when I saw him tweet that Saturday night. Uh, so... What, what I find interesting is we can have a moment like that, which will blow up. But 
it'll draw people in. People who, again, we talk about things that are bringing people into, and then they're going to realize that, hey, there is still good football, good storylines happening. Doc, you just ran through a plethora of stuff. Jamie, what you just pointed out at the SIC, and I was at an SIC game, there is some amazing storylines in the SIC and in the CIAA. Um, what's your hope, Jamie, and then I'll come to you, Doc, and then we'll go to break. What's the positive that can come from what happened Saturday night in Montgomery, Alabama? I think the positive um, that you can take from it is, number one, you don't think Jackson State is going to just run away uh, with the uh, conference or with the East. I think what you've seen um, is the ability – uh, even within all the recruiting they've done, all the things that they've done as far as obtaining talent and, and really getting depth, that these teams are competing in the East. You know, Jackson State's not going to just run away with it, and you still see the competition um, within it. Because what you don't want to see, even though a lot of times um, crowds like following the, the team that's, that's in the league. You know, it's attractive. Look at the NBA, for example. You don't see a whole lot of parody. You never do. But yet people are still entertained by the dynasties that happen within the uh, league. And so when you think that one team is there and going to run away with it, and then you see that a team, you know, is going to give them their best fight, you know, excuse the pun, but, but you know, you still see these teams fighting for respectability. So I think if you look at it from the football standpoint, I think that's absolutely a positive uh, with with even with the rest of their schedule left and, and what these teams are going to do. It's not just a one horse race in the swag. So I think you can take that away from um, um from Saturday's contest in Montgomery. Uh, How about you, Jamie Doc? Walker, he, Jamie Walker feels a little better than I. I still don't see <laughs> uh, Jackson State losing the game. I had them coming in the season losing one to Alabama A&M neutral site. Uh, they might lose one just because, you know, they're playing so many road games and they're teams that are tough. I think everybody in the SWAC, for the most part, has gotten better. Even Valley, I think it's gotten better. It's not showing up in the records. Um, but Jackson State has gotten better, too. Jackson State, other than maybe the first game against FAMU, and we know what FAMU was going through, I'm not sure if they played an entire game yet. So you got to continue to look at that. And everybody, I always uh, – enamored when people say, oh, you know, this shows exposes Jack State. Everybody don't, don't have what Alabama State has. Now, what we came into the season questioning Alabama State, the Hornets, and a lot of teams was obviously first-year coach. Uh, he's checked off boss, and he seems to have all that under control in various ways. Um, but we also had a question in terms of offense. They brought in a transfer. He's extremely talented, elusive. Can play. He's going to be able to get them in some games, which we've seen him able to do. But um, he's injured prone at this point in terms of being slight of built and not very big. And he's young. He's still trying to learn, right? He, he's young, which is really, other than Skylar Perry, this whole conference, you know, Musa is, you know, graduate transfer, whatever you want to call it. But in terms of his games playing, are young. These, these, quarterbacks across the league, even our big-time quarterback that we're talking about, Shador Sanders, which seems well beyond the years, he's just a sophomore, a true sophomore. Body is a true sophomore. 
this is a conference with a bunch of young quarterbacks. You're going to make some mistakes in there, and you lean on your defense. But what's really special about Alabama State, if you paid attention last year, they had a strong defense. Just couldn't get any offense, so they would tire them down. But what you're also finding out about Alabama State um, defense is their cornerbacks. They have legitimate uh, 6'2", 6'1", you know, 6 feet, very strong, pro-size defensive backs that makes it challenging for folks to get off the line. And they got enough talent on the front seven, they're going to give you problems. You know, one game you can be like, hey, that's just how the game tuned out. Um, Prairie got the win, but Prairie will tell you they were in a defensive dogfight that whole game. They go down to Great Texas Southern. Yeah, we're questioning about how good they are on offense, but they were physical at the point of attack, and they won that game defensively. Now we see it again. So at some point you got to say Alabama State is a strong defensive team. If they can put up enough points, they're going to they're gonna hurt somebody that's trying to get it done, which brings me to that Alabama State hosting fam. You, it's going to be a fascinating matchup to see how it goes back and forth. When most people will come in, because FAMU, if they continue to win, people are going to say, hey, FAMU is there. FAMU is not as good defensively as they were last year, probably a little better offensively, but they have some challenges. Can they run the ball effectively? Give them credit. They figured out how to win, which is in this uh, day and age, you know, people think winning is easy and what you're supposed to do. People forget everybody's trying to win. So somebody means somebody is trying to game. stop you. Thank you. So somebody's trying to stop you from winning. So just because you got a great brand name, you know, that doesn't put up points. So it's going to be fascinating. Uh, then you got Southern that is starting to figure it out a little bit. And the question about Southern is you, that you want to be scared about Southern right now is they haven't been healthy on the defensive side of the ball in terms of the front seven, especially the front no, four. And so if they ever can get that, you know, it may be bad that they just have to go through that the whole year. But if they ever get a couple of games where those guys come in healthy, ooh-wee. And then you got the fact that Southern is on the road uh, already to Prairie View. Got that done. But they still got Jackson State. They got FAMU. Um, and they have Auckland at home. This was a five-game uh, stint. And those were four, four of your games. Prairie View, Alcorn. <laughs> Jackson State and FAMU, come on now. I don't care how good you're supposed to be bullied on the block. That's a tough skill to get out of. Very tough. Uh, don't don't tell anybody, don't tell any of my constituents from other shows, but that Alabama State game for FAMU, I kind of had that one circled as a problem game. Don't, don't tell anybody because I still don't know you know, but I, if I go back and look at my matrix, uh, I don't want to go back and look you, at it. That's because you do your homework, and now you you're feeling a little better or worse <laughs> about it, depending on which side you're doing, your fandom or your analysis. I understand. I get into it, too. Exactly. But we tend to lean more towards our analytics, a professional side on the show. We can have fun just like anybody to talk about. Obviously, we have some motion in different games, but we call it like we see it. Sometimes we're right. Sometimes we're wrong. But it's not because we don't go in and try to do the numbers and the homeworks. And that's why we love sports, because no matter how much information you have, how many data points you have, you're talking about young men playing the game uh, with coaches that are trying to get them to do right. And, hell, coaches are not perfect themselves. 
we've seen on various different platforms for various different reasons. Um, and so it's an imperfect situation where people are seeking perfection, which is the beauty of it all. Uh, coming up on the other side of the break, uh, Kelvin Carter is going to join us. And I'm going to ask Dot, Kelvin, Jamie, uh, some some questions re- related to uh, that, more so the halfway point of the season. And if we can really start making some, some uh, start looking ahead at who, who's really in the running for maybe offensive player of the year, coach of the year, who, who's had impressive coaching performances in the first half of the season. Uh, I know we, we like to do grades, but uh, the midterms are, we're still grading. Let's just say it like that. We're still grading. So we'll kind of, we'll kind of mix it up a little bit here uh, with a little round table style coming up on the other half of the, uh, after this break, you're watching a BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This motivation for the people and this classic Bible teaching say, hey, this for my people that don't get to see me. Trying to remind you who you are just like in Romans 3. See, we about to blow across the world just like a day that's breezy. This motivation for the people when you talk about the teaching. Hey, 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 hey. Motivation. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. We go quad box here for the the final 20 minutes of the show. Kelvin Carter uh, joining us once again. Of course, Jamie Walker and Dr. Kenyattaville joining us for another segment. Um, Before before we get going and we talk with Kelvin, who's just getting back from Itabina, I got to ask my roundtable of guys the question that's on the floor. 
how swack are you? Kelvin, as an Alcorn, oh, excuse me, let me say that right. I've been, I've been listening to Mike Washington who came back, so he got me all flustered, and I'm saying Alcorn <laughs> wrong. Alcorn State alum, how swack are you, Mr. Carter? Uh, well, you know, uh, both parents graduated uh, Alcorn State University in 1972. Um, I graduated in 1983, um, all fully engaged at the university. I graduated there in 1997. My brother graduated in 2001. So um, I've been seeing this swag for quite some time and um, I, I'm very, very, very swag. And also, um, as I heard you guys talk about before, it's interesting for people not to understand how cyclical the swag has been because they act like certain things didn't happen between 79, 89, 89, 99, and so forth. So that, that's, been, that's been an interesting theme of this new group of so-called swag. Oh, yes, because a lot of people have just discovered the swag. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Camille, uh, how swag are you? I think I know the answer, but you let the people know. How swag are you? I'm 100% swag. I am swag, as they say. I don't know anybody else, but I'm going to take you back because I laugh when people talk about the 60s and the 70s, which were a better, beautiful time for the swag. But they forget the swag goes back to 1920. I went to the institution that's a founding member of the conference. My great-great-uncle, Big Ben Cavill, that you see part of the picture here, he played in that first decade in, in 1920s, from 1925 mm. to 1929 when they uh, did not really watch the years when you had the years there. So he was um, All-American uh, with Wiley College, uh, one of the schools that were formerly in the SWAT when it was mostly private schools and the only public institution was Prairie Viennium, University of Prairie View College at that time. So when you talk about the history, I've seen it. Uh, great times, charted it, researched it, studied it, named different terminologies for it. And so, nah, I laugh. Nah, mm -mm. when they talk about, I said, I was going to make a shirt and still might put it out there. I hope nobody takes it, but I'll put it out there just in case it is what it is. We can go back and pull up the data now. I am swag. And I was like, uh, we're a founding member, 1920. How about that? How about you? Like like minds think a lot. I was just thinking, like, it's already been, it's already, look, go ahead and, and put that in a, go ahead and get that copyrighted real quick, Doc. Because, uh, Jay, look, a lot of, somebody, well, I, I already, church, you know me, I'm already ahead of the game. I put it in the mailbox and put a stamp on it so I can at least prove the date, stamp and see it. Boom. Look, see, y'all better recognize uh, Jamie, North Carolina A&T State University graduate. I'm about to say, why you, why are you about to ask me this question? But I, I, I'll have something to say. Go ahead. How swack am I? How, I'm not. How <laughs> <laughs> look, look. I hey, just have that people allow me. Coaches out here telling folks that they are and are not swack. <laughs> An example of somebody that wasn't. That yeah. It's the trip. <laughs> Look, I, hey, graduated from North Carolina A&T, been in North, raised in North Carolina, been in the mid-Atlantic all my life until I moved to Atlanta in 2002. So my swack-ish coverage came when I started writing for a newspaper. Um, and then, you know, like I always tell people, 
I come in, I wipe my feet, and I listen to what I, I listen to the historical aspirations, the historical context of what SWAC athletics is all about. You know, it's one of those things that I'll always be humble when it comes to even talking about the SWAC. Because one thing is, I'm not gonna, all, I'm not gonna, you know, I'll give expertise on on ball. I'll give, you know, I'll analyze certain things, but I, but. I believe in the context of historical points and those that have been there from the beginning and those that have been there as students, athletes and, and, and such. And so I always defer to those folks that have, you know, working knowledge of that. And so I'm not sweat. I'm just happy. Y'all let me be part of this. <laughs> that's, that's fine. We'll teach you a little history. We'll take you back to the 50s <laughs> when you had the Prairie team that won the national championships in the 60s. When won the championships, Big Ben's son actually played on that championship team uh, back then. Uh, and so we have the history when you talk about it playing for the first national championships. Both of those schools reside in the state of Texas for the first uh, desegregated championships in football. That was Prairie View. Uh, they played for an NIA championship when they desegregated. That's the time when your state. A governor wouldn't even allow FAMU, so Prairie View was up there, one of the strong teams when they would go back and forth in some of the, either the Prairie View Bowl that people don't even realize, which is just older than the Orange Blossom Classic, to put some history on it, or the State Fair Classic that goes back when I tell you Ben L. Cabell played in those first series in the 1920s. Um, and so it's on and on when you talk about that. And then you got even Texas Southern as they come in late, but they still become the first HBCU to play for a desegregated basketball championship in the NIA tournament. All that comes right here in the swag. There you go. See, I, my my swag my swag started in 1984, the Circle City Classic, October 1984, <laughs> Mississippi Valley State, Grambling State. That was my introduction to HBCU football and to the swag. That was a beautiful thing. Right there on that day, and I'll never forget that moment. Changed my life. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I decided to go to Florida Agriculture and Mechanical University, founded October 3rd, 1887, as the young folks like to say. Uh, so my swack is, I'm, I'm new, new swack. There you go. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> you, hey, you know, damn you, but they swack now, baby. We all swack. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, but, hey, but, uh, but you Joe, know what, though? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead, Jim. Real quick. No, no. I mean, it, it, you know, Dr. Cavill, um, I don't think I give him enough credit for the um, the teaching he actually does. And I'm talking about with his show uh, because I've heard him and, and saw him present um, the, the award for the uh, Big Ben, um, Big Ben Award um, for the best quarterback, I think, in Texas, if I'm not mistaken, or Texas roots um, within the conference. And I think a lot of times if you just sit there and pay attention, because sometimes I don't do, you know, a whole lot of talking just by the basis of me announcing um, and being an announcer. Sometimes you don't want to do too much analyzing because you got to go into these spaces and actually, you know, be fair and balanced. Um, but I think a lot of times when you just sit back and listen to the, the historical points and just history of HBCU conferences, especially the SWAC, um, you, you, you'll learn a lot and you'll understand why. Um, people within that feel so strongly about not necessarily, you know, I know the word gatekeeper is, is a buzzword right now, but why they are so protective of that conference, because you're talking about who they produced, what kind of history lies within that conference. 
And so I totally understand why why people feel so strongly the way they do about um, what that conference represents and what and you know wanting it to thrive and go further than what it's already been. So I, I appreciate the history lessons. Well, nice. uh, yeah, Brian, could I, yeah. can I bring up something right quick? Oh, go ahead, please. So, yes. Yeah, so today, in all this rigmarole about this past weekend, somebody brought something to my attention, and I went and grabbed a book on it, and I read Eddie Robinson from Grambling, senior coach, and Joe Paterno's testimony from the 1984 Supreme Court case when the University of Georgia, when they had a very controversial figure right now, Herschel Walker as their running back, made this decision around separating this television component from the auspice of the NCAA and giving it to the institutions. Eddie Robinson Sr., the coach of Grambling, made it very clear. If, when you shift this dynamic, it will diminish the capacity of the Division I AA institutions such as Grambling just by sheer now, almost like Texas in the Big Ten Network, I mean, Big 12 Network. And I read it and I said, if we fast forward that to what we're seeing now, we may not like the challenges that have been put in place with the, the prime effect, as we call it. But when you read in 1984 how no one, well, I'm sure there were those that fought against it, but how this kind of flew under the radar we get to this point of lack of exposure. All you hear coming out of these guys' mouth is we're creating avenues for exposure. This is a platform for exposure. And so when I read this, I was like, I found that flat out amazing. And that only came about because nobody understands that the coach of Gremlin is not <laughs> this guy's father, you know, in that capacity. <laughs> that, that was the part about when people said, how swag are you? We'll recognize that that is not this guy's son. You know, in that yes. so it was, it was interesting, you know, to read that that Supreme Court case and to see in the '84 he saw that we would be at this point now, and now we having a we have someone that's kind of want to push the envelope, we, and we don't always agree with push, and change can be uncomfortable because we've gotten kind of settled in some pieces. But I just do believe it, it, it's made you study a whole lot more. And like Dr. Cavill, I, I really appreciate you had a long conversation with him this week. I appreciate the fact that this educational component to help us understand, you know, you can't understand where you're going if you really don't truly understand where you came from. Absolutely. Well said. Hey, um, guys, we only got about 10 minutes here to, uh, on this. So I wanted to get to a couple of points here as we put a bow on week number six and start turning towards week seven. Kelvin, you just saw Alcorn take care of business at Mississippi Valley State. Um, and then, of course, you saw what happened to in that Southern uh, 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 Southern Prairie View contest. And now it's Alcorn State's turn to uh, to take a bite of uh, of what the Jaguar Nation is serving. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the upcoming matchup and, and what you saw from Alcorn this past Saturday and, and what's ahead this upcoming Saturday? Well, what I saw out of Alcorn was um, we have running back that's transferred through the portal from Syracuse, native of Columbia, uh, Mississippi, uh, Jarvion, and he is amazing. Um, he adds a, a, a dynamic to the team that Coach Fred likes. Um, Mississippi Valley, I will say I will give all credit, and I thought that they were blowing smoke about MVSU. They are a talented unit, but they are very limited in resources. So 
those resource limitations are really what's got them at a challenge. We look good through the, I mean, numbers are deceiving, Jamie, as you know. We threw for, the quarterback was 26 of 29 for 300 yards. And I promise you, he didn't throw one pass over seven yards. He might have, his longest pass might have been a 20 yard. So it was crazy. I was watching it. And then I came to the conclusion if Alcorn makes a commitment to throw the ball vertically, I believe you'll see an upset on November 19th in Lorman. If they commit to take shots vertically. And I had been hearing this thing all week long on ESPN about you can value the football but not become overprotective. And right now, Alcorn has both of them in a bag. They're overprotective of they're, they're, they value it well, and they are overprotective of it. So we take no risk, and you can't beat Jackson State without without taking risks. So we have a situation, and also we lost a fumble at the goal line, which would have really made that score thirty-seven to seven. So kudos to Mississippi Valley, great, great hospitality. But I think moving forward, uh, based upon what those suspensions look like after the brawl with Southern and Prairie View, uh, we'll see what we look like on Saturday night there, and if we come out of there you know, with, out of Baton Rouge with a win. I look forward to homecoming, and then I think we'll be in a position to where we can determine who we're going to play in the SWAC championship. Now, I, I, did not, I did not see this, and so I haven't seen it reported. Are there any significant players or fallout from this scuffle? Doc, you were there in the building uh, from this uh, preview, Southern. Um, obviously, Southern obviously has a contest this week. Preview's next matchup is uh, uh, they have a bye week upcoming. But um, in, any any players that you saw of significance that caught were caught up in that? Uh, I saw numbers uh, for both teams. I hadn't really gone back to go look at the rosters and see what the numbers are. For me, it's no rush to get into it. Uh, we know what precedent. We saw this last year, unfortunately, with uh, Jackson State and Southern. Um, I'm Pretty comfortable with saying that Charles has got the film. He's got his teams on it. They'll review and pull out the numbers they can. Um, and you'll get a game or two game suspension uh, for both some Prairie View players and some uh, Southern players. So I think it's going to be uh, hurtful. You don't like to lose anybody. And it's probably going to be some starters. Um, depending on the numbers, he might space it out at best. Uh, but you, you, you'll, you'll see and you'll probably hear – Faintly, because um, last time they didn't put it out directly. They went to the schools and told the schools. They didn't, like, announce it in terms of who was there. So you'll find out maybe near the end of the week, um, certainly by next week after it's done, you'll hear about those that did not play. But I'm almost sure Southern and Prairie View will be without some players. Um, I can't imagine uh, seeing that. And I was in the tailgate spot. Uh, I had a team, 1876 Sports and Culture, that were doing their debut uh, show before the game preview type of show. Um, and I got the text that they were in it. And obviously when you get the text, you hear about it, but in your mind, you just don't think it's to that level. And after watching it, I was like, not good. It happens. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. the way uh, the commissioner handled last year, I'm sure you're going to do it. And I think that's what you do is you don't make it as big as it could be in terms of feeding into the frenzy. Uh, you tell the institutions, you pull the players, uh, you give them notifications, and you give a stern letter, and you keep moving forward. Hey, uh, I do think Jamie, that uh, I think, do think that to Kelvin's uh, point. I think that goes into Southern's. 
I mean, offense favor. I think I would have had them leaning with them just in terms of their ability to, to run the ball. I think they pound you, pound you. And it's just hard for a team to be that disciplined. I know we want to air it out a little bit. And I do feel, Kevin, at some point you're going to have to do that. But they're, uh, if you can stay in front of the chains and don't let a team get too far in front of you, the thing about running the ball is you pound folks. I don't care what type of team you have on the defensive side of the ball. You pound them for three quarters going in that fourth quarter. At some point, they're going to get tired. Uh, and you see when you have somebody that has the talent <laughs> uh, that will run and you'll find a way to, to take a team's heart in regards to them just um, unable to tackle at the same level they were talk, tackling in the first quarter. So I could see Hawthorne even coming on the road to Prairie View. It wouldn't surprise anybody if they get that victory. Um, uh, even if they lose it uh, with this mixed schedule, I just see it difficult for Southern not to lose another game. I mean, they have right. a stretch. Four out of five games that I've been trying to tell everybody at the beginning of the year, we need to start looking at schedules and who is on and off the schedule and not so much just the division play. But think about this. Southern had to go to Prairie View. They host Alcorn. They get a bit of a break from homecoming with Lynch, but then they go back on the road to Jackson and then FAMU. So they had three of those uh, five games, four conference games, where they're on the road with what many people think are some of the best teams in the conference. So even if Southern is all what they we think they are, which is a extremely solid, talented team, well coached, that's just a tough road to come by uh, where they had that upset loss to Texas Southern is they can't afford to lose another game uh, without finding themselves in a major hole. I just can't see that getting done with Southern without them losing Great at least points. one more of those games. Great points. Jamie, you got about a minute left here for you. This upcoming Saturday, we've got not only the Southern – uh, Alcorn game, but we've got Virginia Union Bowie in the CIAA. We've also got Benedict Albany State in the SIAC. I mean, everybody's got a big showdown. Which game are you most excited to see? And give a give a give a quick handicap or a quick preview of who might come out on the other side. I'm not gonna hold you to it because it's it's Sunday. Got about a minute, Matt. Man, I'm looking forward to that Benedict-Albany State game. We're going to see if Benedict is a real deal because Albany State, number one, has been doing it for a few years now. Uh, Gabe Gardenia has been doing a great job with that squad. Uh, they have a good quarterback in, um, in Deontay Banu, and that running game is phenomenal. We'll see if Benedict with Eric Phoenix and, and company, um, you know, Scotland and, and, and all of those guys can go to, to Albany State Hold on, where's the game? Where is the game? I just thought about that. It's in Albany. It's at Albany State. At it's Albany, in Albany State. Yeah, hey. Hey, look, if Benedict pulls this off, they're the real deal. Yeah, they're good. Period. They're the real deal. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Kelvin, same three games on the – which I mean, obviously, I know you die hard about Alcorn, but if, if you couldn't see Alcorn, which of the other two are you most excited to see? I'm going to be like a kid. I'm going to watch the, the same colors. I'm going to watch Benedict. I really liked what I saw out of Benedict. On I watched them play on ESPN Plus, and it was impressive. I said, you know what? I like this team. So they got the same colors, so I'm going to roll with Benedict. I love it. <laughs> love it. Doc, Doc, under under 30 seconds here. What about you? Which which one of these games? Any love for the CIAA matchup? Man, I, I'll go with the CIAA since we hadn't teased them out. Uh, I think that's a big one. Uh, 
um, in terms of what you're going to see there, Virginia Union getting a chance to knock down the bully on the block. You talked about it in the SIC with Albany and um, Benedict, but in the, in the CIAA, it's all been about Bowie. Can they? They got it done this past week when Virginia State was sneaking around the chicken coop, as they said. Uh, but they find a way to get it done. So, actually, Alan, you know me. I'm going to have my eyes on all three of these games. I think they're beautiful HBCU games to uh, watch, have conference um, tilt all over them. Beautiful. Let's be excited about the opportunity to watch all three. That's what you guys should be tuned in for. Three big matchups. I'm excited about that number one matchup, Virginia Union. Can they Can they get it done against Bowie State? Uh, that's going to be interesting. The big dogs. So, uh, you can't beat the champs until you beat the champs. How about that? Mm. So, uh, none, mm. hey, that, so Benedict, you've been Benedict and, uh, Virginia Union, you're on the clock. You want to beat a champ? You got to beat the champ. Uh, that's going to do it for the sports wrap tonight. Uh, I appreciate not only Kelvin Rozier for jumping in, but Jamie Walker, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, Kelvin Carter for joining me, uh, as well. You guys make sure. Go download the BCSN Pod Zone everywhere you download and listen to podcasts. BCSN Pod Zone, Spotify, iHeart, Apple, Google—we're everywhere. All of the shows that are part of the Black College Sports Network, you can watch again in podcast format. If you aren't doing it on the YouTube thing, well, that's where you can find the shows. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google Play and Apple Store. Just search my JBM and my BCSN. Thank you guys for watching tonight. Producer Mel, thank you. I'm Brian Fulford. Hey, Brian, I want to give a shout-out to yes. Kevin Rosa. His breakdown on that primetime uh, comments were spot on, talking about FAMU, Florida, and all that connection and the banner going back and forth. Shout-out to him. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. We'll have more. We'll probably talk more about that on Wednesday night. ONG Strike Zone Wednesday night on the Black College Sports Network. Doc, you can find Doc Tuesday and Thursday night inside uh, the HBCU Sports Lab, 7 Eastern, 6 Central. Uh, Jamie, uh, your podcast, uh, HBCU Sport Voice, go check it out on Spotify. Add it to the rotation and save. Kelvin, plug something. Give us a plug, Kelvin. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll plug uh, a great deal. Uh, my company, Stride Learning, is partnering with Dr. Cavill and the, uh, Texas Southern University uh, School of Education, along with Alcorn State University, as well as becoming one of the title sponsors, uh, potentially right now for the MEAC SWAC Challenge and the Celebration Bowl moving forward. So I think we're going to have a great time in uh, this renaissance and rebirth and reboot of the uh, HBCU tradition uh, makes everyone proud. All right, that's going to do it. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Be safe. Enjoy the upcoming week of banter. Remember, it's all sports and entertainment. Nobody gets hurt as long as you go, as long as you keep it in the world of sports and entertainment. Thanks for watching. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>